welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. All right, happy 4th of July weekend, everybody. One more time, can we give God some praise for the freedoms that we have in this country? You can turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 4. You can open up your Bible there or open up your phone or your iPad there, Acts chapter 4. And I want to say it's a real honor to be sharing God's word with you today, whether you're in the room or you're watching online. Church family, can we welcome everybody that's watching online right now? We love you. It's a holiday weekend, 4th of July weekend, and uh, we're glad that we have the ability to stream these services so that you can enjoy them wherever you're watching from. And I also just want to thank our lead pastor, Pastor Rob Ketterling, for the opportunity. I never take these moments lightly. Uh, Anytime I, I, I share God's word, teach God's word, man, anytime I read God's word, I don't take it lightly. But the opportunity to stand here and teach God's word uh, is a real honor. And I'm thankful for our lead pastor uh, who leads our church fearlessly, full of faith, full of integrity. Are you thankful for our lead pastors? Pastor Rob and Becca, we love you and uh, grateful for this opportunity. Acts chapter 4, before we get into it, I want to just give some context uh, for what's happening here in Acts chapter 4. The chapter before Acts chapter 4, this sounds like a Dr. Seuss book. Uh, Acts chapter three, we see Peter and John on their way to the temple to pray. And they are going to the, the beautiful gate, it's called. And they are met by a man who was born lame. He's crippled, he couldn't move. And he was placed there to beg for alms, to beg for money. And Peter and John are walking past this man and he says, do you have any money? I need, I need something. And Peter and John look at this man and they say, We don't have any silver or gold, but we do have something. In the name of Jesus, stand up, take your mat, and go home. Walk, you're healed. And that is a bold statement. And this man stands up, and he's healed. It's a miraculous moment. And he goes into the temple courts, and he's showing the fact that he's healed. And people are recognizing this guy that's healed, that they knew their whole lives and his whole life was was lame, and he couldn't walk. And so there's a, a... there's quite a stirring happening and people are asking, how, how is this possible? How is he healed? How did this happen? What kind of, of, of miracles are taking place? What power is, is, is being displayed right now? And Peter stands up before everybody and begins to share the good news of Jesus, shares the gospel. He takes it as an opportunity to essentially say, it's not our power that, uh, that we did anything, but it's only God, only God, only in Jesus' name was this man healed. And then begins to give them an opportunity. 5,000 people give their lives to Jesus that day. The church is growing. Wild thing happens. It's wild. And the religious people at that time were not pumped about this. They did not like that, that Jesus was still saving lives and building his church after he had died. He, they, they thought that they had taken care of it, but they had not taken care of it. Nobody can take care of the Jesus issue in our planet. There's an issue. We need to spread the issue. It's Jesus. And nobody can stop it. Nobody can stop that. And so the religious leaders are not pumped about it. And so they, they have essentially a trial. They, they put them before uh, Peter and John before the religious leaders and they, they begin to say this and this is where we pick up in Acts chapter four. On the next day, 
Their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, Peter and John, when they had set Peter and John in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, underline this part, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness, underline that word boldness, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Because of their boldness, they could tell that they weren't special. They weren't educated. They didn't have all the degrees they didn't have the fancy words, but they had been with Jesus. And they could tell that. Title of this message, write this down. Bolder is better. Bolder is better. If you're taking notes, write that down. If you're not taking notes, start taking notes. Write that down. Bolder is better. Let's pray together one more time. Jesus, we're grateful for these moments in your presence. And I pray, God, that you would open up our hearts. Open up our hearts right now to receive what you have for us. Open up our ears to hear from you today. And God, open up our minds, connect them to our hearts to respond in obedience. And we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. 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 Bolder is better. Bolder is better. There are varying definitions and degrees and meanings of the word bold or boldness. Uh, you could think of boldness as this story that I just read, this account in scripture. Uh, you could think about boldness as like a bold statement. You know, there's a lot of bold statements out there. You just watch the news. It's full of bold statements. Whether or not any of them are true doesn't really matter, but it's bold statements. There's bold statements out there. Social media is just bold statements that are reposted by everybody over and over and over again. Bold statements. There's all kinds of bold statements out there. I think about bold moves. You ever seen somebody, maybe uh, like an athlete that you like watching, they got some bold moves? I can tell you the boldest, I remember the first time I saw a bold move. I was probably five or six years old. This bold move, it was not on the athletic field uh, or the basketball court, but it was in the kitchen watching my mother, Linda Collins, cut fruit, pulling the knife towards her thumb and the, and the knife touching her thumb, and she didn't, and she didn't bleed. I thought, this woman's a superhero. That's a bold move. Do you know how many times I tried that? Do you know how many scars I have on my thumb? In fact, I knew I became an adult when I, when I cut an apple, pulling the knife towards me, hitting my thumb, and not bleeding. That's how I knew I had made it as an adult. Not because I turned 25 and my frontal lobe was fully developed. No, because I could cut fruit, pulling the knife towards me. Praise God. Bold moves. Bold moves. Bold outfits. Seen some bold outfits before. Confession, I, get, I, I fall for Instagram ads. And I saw a bold outfit that I thought, I think I could pull that off. And uh, I ordered it. It showed up to my house. 
And it was, it looked really good on the model. It was like a green sweatsuit. So it was like sweat, hooded sweatshirt and sweatpants. And I was like, this is gonna look so good. So it looked like I wanted it to look. So I, I put it on, felt like I wanted it to feel. Went in front of the mirror. I looked like a giant pickle. I was Larry the Cucumber, okay? What are we doing here? How, how am I a veggie tail? So, and the good news is it's Instagram. Couldn't, couldn't return it to save my life. So it looked good on my wife though. So praise God, praise God. Boldness, bold, bold outfits. Our world today does not need bold outfits, bold moves, bold statements. Our world today needs bold believers. They need moms, dads, kids, grandparents, teachers that are full of the Holy Spirit and bold because of the Holy Spirit. That's what the world needs today. And I believe this, that as we uh, finish this message today, we finish this service, whether you're in the room or watching online, that we're gonna be different than the way that we started. Not because of the words that are gonna be said, but because of the presence of God, the Holy Spirit flooding our lives, empowering us to live the lives of boldness that God has created us to live. Biblical boldness is different from just any kind of random boldness that we might stir up on our own. There's a biblical definition for boldness and the the word uh, means outspokenness, unreserved utterance, freedom of speech, with frankness, candor, cheerful courage, and the opposite of cowardice, timidity, or fear. Not a human quality, but a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now we could, we could look all throughout scripture in the Old Testament and the New Testament and find incredible acts of boldness. And I think about Elijah with the prophets of Baal calling down fire. That's a bold move. We could look all throughout the Old and New Testament and we would be here forever. So we're gonna look at this passage of scripture in Acts chapter four and help define what boldness means. What is boldness? And after we do that, we're gonna talk about how we can build boldness into our lives. So the first thing is this. Boldness is from the spirit. Boldness is from the Spirit. Acts 4.8 says, Peter filled with the Spirit. Peter filled with the Spirit. Boldness is formed internally and is displayed externally. Not always loudly. That For me, it's going to usually mean loudly. I've got one speed, fast and way too loud. Not always loudly. Not, not always loudly. Sometimes it's going to be in silence, that your boldness will be the silence that you bring to a situation. Now, if boldness is from the Spirit, then boldness should look like the Spirit. It should be full of the fruit of the Spirit, that your boldness should be full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's the kind of boldness that we should see in our lives when we are being filled with the Holy Spirit and bold because of the Spirit. If your boldness doesn't look like those things, isn't full of that fruit, you might be stirring up your own passion and your own boldness. This kind of boldness only comes from the Spirit. Second thing is this, boldness makes the most of every opportunity. Boldness makes the most of every opportunity. Acts 3, Peter and John were at this gate called Beautiful and this man asked for money. And they didn't have any, but they still made the most of every opportunity. Can you imagine reading how boring that account would have been if they walked to the beautiful gate and they saw the the lame man sitting there and he said, "I, I need you to look at me, I need money. Do you have anything you can give me? And they said, silver and gold I do not have. 
but have a good day. And they just walked on like nobody would be preaching that message. But they made the most of every opportunity. Let me remind you that you might have the thing that someone's asking for, but you have the thing that somebody needs. You have Jesus. And when you are full of the Holy Spirit and bold because of the Holy Spirit, your boldness will make the most of every opportunity. How many miracles are we missing? Because we don't make the most of an opportunity. How many miracles have I missed out on in my life because I see somebody asking for something and I just leave it at that. And I don't ask a greater question beyond that. I don't look deeper into what's being asked. And I'm not just talking about moments on the street when somebody's asking for money. I'm talking about your neighbors. When they ask you a question about something and you just answer the question simply. We need to ask the Holy Spirit, God, help me make the most of every opportunity that I have. Ephesians 5:16. Paul is telling the church in Ephesus how we are to live in the times that we are in. And one of the things that he instructs us to do is make the most of every opportunity because the days that we live in are evil. We cannot miss out on it. Dr. W.E. Sangster says this, how shall I feel at the judgment if multitudes of missed opportunities pass before me in full review and all my excuses prove to be disguises of my cowardice? and pride. When it comes down to it, it's just my pride that keeps me from making the most of every opportunity. I can't miss it. I need to be bold, full of the Holy Spirit, and make the most of every opportunity. What is the question behind the question? The need behind the need. The spirit behind the statement that somebody is saying. This is how Jesus lived his life. This is how Jesus lived his life. Jesus uh, asks 307 questions. He's asked 183, of which he only answers three with a real answer, other than just asking another question. What's the question behind the question? When somebody comes to you, are you praying, saying, God, help me make the most of every opportunity? As your neighbor comes over to ask you for some help with something or to borrow something or to complain about something, are you saying, oh, here we go again, or are you saying, God, help me make the most of this opportunity? Boldness that's full of the Holy Spirit, biblical boldness makes the most of every opportunity. Third one is this, boldness makes much of Jesus and leads people to Jesus. Boldness makes much of Jesus and leads people to Jesus. Don't overthink it. Don't overcomplicate it. We've got one message and one message only. That our boldness should not be bold about anything unless it leads people to Jesus. Our boldness should not be about statements that we think are good, but they should lead people to Jesus. Our boldness should not cause people to be turned off from us, but should cause people to be turned on to Jesus. Boldness makes much of Jesus. Make much of Jesus. You look at this passage in Acts chapter four and Peter doesn't just answer the question. It's a one, it's a one word answer. By what name and what power are you doing this? Jesus. Could have left it there. But there's so much more anytime you talk about Jesus. Oh, there's so much more. Anytime you think about Jesus, oh, there should be so much more. You never have a problem talking about the things that you love so dearly. 
And how often are we talking about Jesus and we just can't stop talking about it? Peter goes on and on saying, this Jesus whom you actually crucified, but it's okay, God raised him from the dead. And do you know what? He's got salvation for you. Even though you were the one that put him on the cross, he still loves you. He's got purpose for your life. The stone that you might have rejected is now the stone that we build our lives on. This is that Jesus, and you can give your life to him right now and be saved. How about saying that in court? He's got one message. It's a bold message, but it's just about Jesus. I'll never forget the probably the first, like, really intense pastoral situation I had been put in. There was a tragic situation. Uh, it was like a double murder, and it was all between family members. And this family was pretty distant, and, and I didn't know them super well. Uh, but my phone rang right after I had heard what happened. And I didn't know the number, and I answered the phone, and it was, it was the, the dad of the whole family explaining what happened and that they, they wanted me to come to the house and, and explain to the, the kids who didn't know what had happened to their parents what happened. And I started shaking. I started sweating. I did not, like, what do you what do? You do? What words do you say? And I'll never forget, I called my dad. My dad is so wise and just spiritually ready at all times. I called him, I said, this is what's going on, I don't know what to do, what do I say, what do I say, what do I do, what do I do? And he, he, he paused, he's quiet, <laughs> quieter than me, doesn't take much to be quieter than me. He paused, there's a long pause. He said, son, just make much of Jesus. Just make much of Jesus. You know, that, that moment didn't need a lot of yelling or a lot of energy, but it needed boldness. And it needed real biblical boldness, real spirit-empowered boldness to make much of Jesus and lead people to Jesus. Acts 4.13, because of the boldness, they perceived that they had been with Jesus. Can the same be said of me? Do people say that because of my boldness, they can tell I've been with Jesus. Now, I know I've got long hair and a beard. I'm not talking about my physical appearance. I'm talking about the inside, that the things that I say, can people just tell that I've been spending time with Jesus? Oh, I pray that people do. I pray that I spend time with Jesus in such a way that the Holy Spirit is just flowing out of my life, that everywhere I go, people are like, I, I might not be on the same page, but I can tell that this guy's been with Jesus. That's the boldness that God is calling us to do because here's the, here's the last one. And then we'll talk about building boldness into our life. Boldness is for everyone. Boldness is for everyone. Boldness is for you. If you're taking notes, write boldness is for me and then write over me again and make it bold and then underline it and then circle it. Boldness is for me. Boldness is for you. Acts 4.13, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated, common men. Uneducated, common men. It doesn't get more basic than that right there. Like they, they could tell that they were uneducated and they could tell that they were just normal dudes. It doesn't matter how many degrees you have what languages you can speak, how much of the Bible you have memorized, 
what your pedigree in your spiritual life is, how long you've been in the church. God is calling common men and common women to be so full of the Holy Spirit that wherever they go, there is boldness coming out of their lives. This is the life that God has called you to. This boldness in this life is for you. Boldness is not just for the loud, extrovert, ENFP type sevens. Boldness is for everybody. And it may not make you louder, but your boldness should make you stand out. Because that's what we as the people of God should do. We should stand out. God has called us to be holy. Holy meaning set apart. There should be something different. And in a world where boldness I'm thankful for the freedoms that we celebrate in our country this weekend, but it causes people to be bold. And there are bold people that are bold about a lot of different things. And boldness for the sake of boldness is not what God has called you to. Boldness for the sake of the gospel. Boldness full of the Holy Spirit. Boldness to turn this world upside down with the message of hope and love in Jesus is what God has called us to. And you can build this boldness into your life. And you might be one of those people that right now you're thinking, I am not a bold person. I'm not a bold person. I understand we are in Minnesota. We like fight to be the opposite of bold. But this is not a cultural thing. At the end of this service, we're gonna have an opportunity to pray, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and God's gonna give you boldness. And I don't want you to underestimate the power of God's before and after. You watch those weight loss commercials and you see the before and after stretching out their jeans. What is your spiritual before and after going to look like after being filled with the Holy Spirit? So how do we build this boldness into our life? Number one, pray for boldness. Pray for boldness. Acts 4.29, and now, Lord, look upon their threats. This is the same chapter. This is the same chapter. Look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. I'm concerned that too often we pray prayers to get us out of situations that demand boldness. (laughs) Rather than asking God in the midst of threats, God, help me to be bold. Help me to be bold. We need to pray for boldness. Second way that we build boldness into our lives is we practice boldness. Practice boldness. Surround yourself with bold people and practice boldness. Faith comes by hearing, this is Romans 10. Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. If you wanna build your faith and live a life full of faith and operate in faith, a faith that's not afraid to step out in boldness, then spend time in God's word. Read your Bible, see what God might be speaking to you. And did you know God might be speaking something not just to you, but something that he wants to speak through you? He wants you to live a life of boldness for other people. This is the life that God has called us to do. Practice it, practice it, practice it. Acts chapter five, verse 42. And every day, every day, and every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. 
every day they were in the temple. Every day they went from house to house. Every day you could send a text message. Every day you could call a friend. Every day you could sit down for coffee. Every day you could look your children in the eye and speak words of God's boldness into their life. This is the life that God has created us to live, but we have to practice it. This is where following Jesus becomes the greatest adventure of your life. The greatest adventure of your life. Practice it. When you're doing your soap, reading your Bible, scripture, observation, application, and prayer, ask God, God, who, who, who could I share this word with? Who needs this God? And text it to that person. Practice, practice your boldness this way. When somebody says that they need prayer for something, don't tell them you'll be praying for them. Just pray for them. I don't care if you're at Target. Just pray for them. Come on, this is the kingdom life God's called us to live. Bring heaven to earth. Live a life of boldness. Start simple and just pray for somebody. <laughs> practice. Practice your boldness. Practice your boldness. And lastly, the prerequisites for boldness. I'm going to invite the team out and we're going to worship in just a moment. There's prerequisites for boldness. Pray, practice, prerequisites. They all start with P. That's more for me. Prerequisites for boldness. It's these two things, your security in Christ and being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Your security in Christ, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I love the story and the journey of Peter because it's this progression right here before he lives this life of biblical spirit-empowered boldness. Peter denied knowing who Jesus was, denied knowing Jesus to a little girl and then ran away. Not super bold. I've seen better, you know? And so something has to happen before he starts living this life of boldness, spirit-empowered boldness. And he, he finds a fresh source of security in Christ. Have you ever messed up before and you feel like you've got to start your relationship over with God and you've got to build trust up day by day with God like, like you did with your parents when you missed curfew? Too many times? Or is that just me? We don't have to start fresh at, at step one. The moment God picks us up from our mess and from our mistake, he moves us along to live the life he's called us and created us to live. But too many of us, we don't live bold lives because we're so stuck in our shame and our guilt. But look at what Romans 8, 1 says. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. Find our security in Christ. There's nothing you could do to make God love you any less. The prophet Isaiah says, even in our, our best moments, it's like filthy rags compared to how good Jesus is. We're not perfect. We're not gonna be perfect. And in our attempts to live the life that God's called us to live, we cannot do it 
on our own. We need to be sure and secure in who we are in Christ. That your identity in Christ is something that no one can take away from you. You could change your job, your family could look a little bit different, but nobody can touch who you are in Christ. Over 75 times in the New Testament, it says in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Almost like it's saying, hello, this is important. You need to know who you are in Christ. So so Jesus restores Peter in John chapter 21. Many of you know the story when he says, Jesus, he says, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yes, I love you. Then feed my sheep. That that moment, and he's, he's restored back into security and relationship with Jesus. And then something happens after Jesus leaves, and there's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I want to go through this progression because it's unbelievable. And I wonder what would happen if we would find true security in Christ and true filling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. What would our lives look like? So Peter is restored to Jesus. He finds security in his relationship with Jesus. Security in Christ. And then in Acts chapter two, there's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He becomes filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit. This is not just a Pentecostal church thing. This is a Bible thing. There's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. After the outpouring, people are confused of what's going on. They think everybody's drunk. Peter has a bold sermon in Acts chapter two. 5,000 people come to know Jesus that day. In Acts chapter three, Peter and John's bold miracle at the beautiful gate. Peter and John then in a bold stance against the Sanhedrin in Acts chapter four. That's what this message is all about. Peter's word of knowledge and call out of Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter five, as they were withholding things from the Holy Spirit, he knew it. God spoke to him after being baptized in the Holy Spirit and he called it out. Even Peter's shadow in Acts chapter five is bold and heals people. He's walking down the street, his shadow passes over people and they're healed. In Acts chapter five, after a miraculous escape from prison for preaching, the apostles go right back to preaching in the public square. And after being tried again and told, you cannot declare the name of Jesus, Peter stands up before those leaders and says, we must obey God rather than men. There's a supernatural boldness happening. Uh, Peter encounters a sorcerer named Simon. And Simon is trying to buy the power of the Holy Spirit. And look at the bold response of Peter in Acts chapter eight, verse 20 through 24. Peter said to him, may you, may your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter for your heart is not right before God. Repent therefore of this wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord that if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. And Simon answered, pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. This is the kind of boldness that Peter is living with after finding security in Christ and baptism in the Holy Spirit. Aeneas was paralyzed and Peter said, no, you're not. Roll up your mat and start walking. And he did. That's Acts chapter nine. Tabitha, also known as Dorcas, was dead. Her body was washed, prepared. People were lamenting and they were ready to have the funeral. 
Peter said, she's not dead. Everybody laughed. Then he grabbed her by the hand and said, Tabitha, get up. She opened up her eyes and sat up. Peter receives a vision of animals on a sheet three different times. And Jesus saying, don't call something that's clean, unclean. Something that I've made clean, don't call it unclean. This is Acts chapter 10. Peter shares that and shares the gospel with the Gentiles, making the gospel available to somebody like me. And it's still going on today after day after day. Day. This is the kind of life you can live with security in Christ and the anointing and overflow of the Holy Spirit. Let's stand to our feet all across this room. Everybody watching online, if you can stand up where you are, I want you to stand. Because I believe right now we are going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Boulder is better, not because it's louder, not because it's extroverted, because the only way to get it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Samuel Chadwick says this, the greatest miracle of that day, the day of Pentecost, was the transformation wrought in those waiting disciples. Their fire baptism transformed them. Would you lift your hands right now, right where you are? God, you see your children. God, you see your people. All around the world right now, with hands raised, ready to receive. God, we thank you that we don't have to do all the perfect things, say all the right things. There's no special formula other than to say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. God, I'm waiting. God, I'm ready. God, I'll be obedient. God, I am longing to live the life that you've called me to live, to live the life of boldness that you created me for. And right now, I believe that you are going to fill us with your Holy Spirit. You're gonna pour out your Holy Spirit in each and every one of us. This is not something that's a one-time thing that you got at camp years ago. This is something that we need to have every single day. Ask for every single day. Peter stood up before them fresh saying, filled with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't a one-time moment. It wasn't the same thing that you had before. It's a new thing. And God wants to do a new thing in your life. If you're ready to receive, keep your hands lifted. We're gonna sing. We're gonna worship. We're gonna receive. Come on, let's begin to lift up our voices and ask God, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Come on, let's sing together.